What's up, friends? Welcome back to the podcast. You guys, I am so grateful that you are here today. You guys, today's episode, honestly, just sit back, grab yourself an iced tea, grab an iced coffee, or if you're driving along, enjoy your drive. And I hope that this episode speaks to your heart. I hope it encourages you. I heard a quote a few weeks ago, and it really moved me. And it, I just brainstormed some thoughts that I wanted to share with you. And it's become kind of a mantra for me, honestly. So the quote is, life is not a museum, it's a concert. And so we're going to dive into that today. And we're going to dive into how do we turn our life into the most beautiful concert, no matter what has happened to you, no matter what you've done, no matter what's holding you back, no matter how much you think it's too late for you on your journey, or you just feel stuck. Uh, this is the episode for you. I hope that it just encourages you. I hope it empowers you. And more than anything, I just hope that it really resonates with you. Also, if you follow me on social media, check through to the image. I got to tell you, this image has moved me. I actually printed it out and it's up in my office now. Anyways, I hope you enjoy the image. I think the image really encapsulates kind of what this audio is. So I hope it blesses you. Welcome to a Holy Mess podcast. All right, my friends, we all know life can be so difficult and painful at times, especially when we're carrying grief or loss or wrestling with shame about our past, anxiety about our future, or frankly, like we are just not enough. But there has to be so much more for us. There is hope and joy, peace, love, fun, purpose, and a reason that you, my friend, are on this planet. Let's partner with God so you can be who he created you to be as you wrestle through and trudge through your mess. Hi, I'm Danny, a recovering alcoholic, a mom, a wife, a mentor, and dust. We are only here for a moment. Let's live like it. I'm just like you. I'm a holy mess most days. Actually, every day. Let's have some fun and laugh while trudging through our mess. This stuff doesn't need to be dry and boring. Let's dig in. All right, you guys. So this concept of life is not a museum. It's a concert. Let me explain it first. Let me unwrap it a little bit so you can understand where I'm coming from. And then I hope at the end with a few takeaways that you're actually encouraged and that this visualization, this story, these concepts, this metaphor, that it can stick with you and that it can encourage you when you're struggling or when you feel like your life isn't mattering quite as much as you want it to or when you feel stuck or when you feel like it's too late. Like I hope that this whole metaphor, this story, this, this time together really blesses you. So like I said, the quote that inspired this is, life is not a museum, it's a concert. I know for me, so much of my life, I treated it like it was a museum. And let me explain what I mean. If you've ever been to a museum, when you walk in, you, you got to be kind of quiet. You got to tiptoe around. You got to make sure not to touch certain aspects of it. And honestly, it's a little bit cold. I think most of the museums I've been to have been really cold. And so I was thinking about how for so much of my life, I treated my life like a museum. There were issues. There were things. There were stories that I wish weren't a part of my life, but that I didn't talk about. I tiptoed around them. And if you're anything like me, you feel like some parts of your life are on display and some parts of your life that you wouldn't really want on display are on display, or at least we feel like they're on display. Whether they really are or not, who knows? But that's how I felt so much of my life. You know, and like being in a museum, in a museum, we have to be quiet, right? And we're told as kids to be quiet and not talk about different aspects of life. And I'm not throwing any shade on our parents or anything like that. It was a generational thing to, 
to not talk about some of the dysfunction or not talk about some of the pains or not talk about some of the sorrows or even some of some of us were almost gaslit into thinking that certain things didn't happen because our parents or grandparents just told us not to talk about it. And just if we don't talk about it, everybody will forget. Well, the reality is we didn't forget. We just never dealt with the stuff. And so that is why some of us are just so locked up feeling stuck or in dysfunctional ways. And I don't know about you, but when I think about a museum, I sense this like heaviness. I sense this like seriousness, right? Where when I think about a concert, I think more about fun. I mean, the last few years, my daughter, Kenzie, who's a senior this year, she and I have gone to some concerts together. We've gone to see Harry Styles a couple of times. We've gone to see some other concerts and they've been so fun and just amazing. Gary and I, my husband, we went and saw Need to Breathe locally last year. And it was just such a fun concert. It was an amphitheater. It was outside. Everybody was into it. And it was just beautiful. It was a really wonderful experience. And so I want to continue to dive into the kind of the contrast between a museum and a concert. And then I want to correlate it to our lives. And then I want to kind of give us permission to turn our lives into a concert instead of a sterile museum. And I don't know about you, but when I think about museums, some of them are beautiful and historic and a couple of years ago when Gary and I were in France, we went to the Louvre in France and oh my gosh, it's ginormous. I don't think we went through a tenth of the Louvre. I mean, it was just huge and, and it was honestly an amazing experience, but still it felt a little austere. It felt a little stuffy. It felt a little cold. I mean, it was beautiful. Don't get me wrong. There were beautiful aspects of it, but it just felt like it was going on and on and on and I think we spent a whole day there and we still, I think some of us, that's what our life feels like. Like it just goes on and on. Like we're in this cold museum and all we're doing is like, we're looking at the shame from our life and it's on display. We're looking at the regret from our life and it's on display. We're looking at the grief from our life and it's on display. And and sometimes it's just hard and it just feels like forever. And sometimes we're like little kids and we're like, when is this over? Like, when is the ride over? I'll never forget when we went to the Louvre and we went to see the Mona Lisa. First of all, there were a zillion people in line. Okay. And I don't know about you, but I don't know if I missed this lesson in school, but I thought the Mona Lisa was this huge, ginormous painting. And when we got to the front of the line, I was like, are you joking me? Like, it looks like a postage stamp. It is not a huge painting at all. Gary and I actually took a picture with it and it's tiny. Anyways, that's a whole little side note. So a museum, it just feels a little bit more boring. I hate to say it. And I love museums. I'm not throwing shade on museums. So if you are like a museum lover, please don't send me mean emails. Okay. But what I'm saying is if you've ever been to a concert, and I'm talking about a concert that you love from a band that you love, the energy in the room, the people in the room, the experience of the music, the experience, you just get swept away. I mean, I've never been swept away in a museum. Okay. I've been swept away in a concert, and it's just such a powerful time. Now, listen, I know museums are predictable. There's maps to them. You can know exactly where to go and how to get there, right? It's predictable, and everything's in its place, and we are humans, and we really like predictability, even dysfunctional predictability. A concert's a little bit more unpredictable. I mean, even if the band practices, there's things that happen, and you can't really control it. 
So let me put this into a story form from one of my students. So one of my students shared with me this week how she needed help with something. She was in a new environment and she didn't really understand the environment. And so she had to ask for help, but it was so hard for her to ask for help because she is such a giver, which honestly, I can totally relate. You know, they make the joke about men don't ask for directions because they don't want to ask for help. But you guys, I think a lot of us, we don't like to ask for help because we don't want to be a burden. It's not about not having the answers. It's that we don't want to be a burden and we'll, we'll just figure it out. We're of the mindset of like, we'll just figure it out, right? Also, maybe when we were kids, when we asked for help, there was like a scorecard. If I asked, you know, for help from someone, I knew that I owed them and I, I didn't know if I wanted to pay that bill. So it's almost like I'd rather just not even ask for help and have to deal with that. So my student was talking about this this week, and it really reminded me how so many of us are so driven by these underlying beliefs. And honestly, these underlying beliefs are kind of inhibiting us from living life to the full and enjoying and being vulnerable and asking for help when we need to, because we're almost held hostage in some of these beliefs. You guys, and I know the reality is we all know deep down how much control do we really have in life anyways. I know we all want control and that's mostly because we feel helpless in some areas and we think if we have control, we'll feel safe. But the reality is we really don't have as much control of our lives and we definitely don't have as much control of other people's lives in our lives that we wish we did. One of the only things, you guys, that we truly have control over is our inner transformation and is our the self-awareness work and doing the work to figure out what's driving us and then figuring out what we want in the future. And I know some of us were so stuck in the now that we can't even think about building a life that we want for the future because we're so overwhelmed with the pain or the sorrow or the suffering or just the mundaneness of today. And you guys, I think some of us, we're looking at our lives like a museum. And honestly, there's some safety in it being a museum. There's some predictability. Like I said, there's even some control, right? Because there's some pretense, like we can put up a mask even for some of the things in our lives. But honestly, you guys, living our life like a museum, it's kind of cold and it's kind of exhausting. But when we step into like concert living, when we step into that our life is a concert, yes, it's more unpredictable, but it's exciting. There's movement. Dare I say there's hope. There's even fun and laughter, right? So when Gary and I were at the Louvre, we were in this one room and I'll never forget it. We were looking at this painting and there weren't very many people in the room, but there were, oh my gosh, super high ceilings and the whole ceiling was painted. I mean, it was just gorgeous. Everything was gorgeous. It was from hundreds and hundreds of years ago. The paintings were just amazing. Well, someone had dropped something metal on the marble floor and you guys, it made the biggest crashing sound and it echoed off the walls. And you guys, I'm not kidding. It shook me to my core. I mean, I literally felt it in my spine, right? It hit this very like raw note, this loud note. You know, and as I've been thinking about this podcast episode, I was thinking about how music, like if you play one note and I'm not a musician, okay, but I have heard that underneath the notes, there's like a secondary sound that is made. But if you hear a note played like on a piano, in and of itself, it probably would get pretty boring. It'd probably get pretty old and it's probably not all that beautiful. But when you put it all together, it can turn into like the most beautiful symphony. And I'm talking the dark notes, the high notes, the low notes. Like it just turns beautiful. And I started thinking about the concerts I've been to 
they vibrate me. Like there's literally music, sound, noise. It's a vibration, right? And I can feel it like in my gut, in my chest, in my very being. And if you've ever listened to any really moving music, I mean, some of us get really emotional when we listen to music, right? But if you stick with it and you know that the concert, all the notes and all the tones, they come together, they play together, they rely upon one another. Just like our stories, our life, you guys, all of our stories, instead of looking at it like this incident happened when I was three, this incident happened when I was seven, this incident happened when I was 17, this incident happened when I was 25, this incident happened when I was 40, right? So instead of looking at our life like a museum and like each specific thing all on its own, what if we looked at it like a concert, like it all comes in and plays together? And sure, there are some dark notes. There are some dark days, but somehow with the light notes and with the beauty that comes with it, it all comes together and it ebbs and it flows and it's moving and, and the noise, the concert, it communicates to us. It moves us. It inspires us. So there's a couple steps I want to talk about. How do we move from being a museum or looking at our life like a museum and moving it into more of a concert mode? And I want to share another quick story and then I want to get into a few steps that I just brainstormed. But when I was a kid, I grew up in upstate New York and one set of my grandparents, my dad's parents, were old school Polish grandparents. And I called them Grammy and Jaja and they were old school Polish. And so they were really generous people. And But my grandma, whom I love, but she had these pink couches in their living room. And you guys, these pink couches, I think they had them for 50 years. And I kid you not, there was plastic covers over the pink couches. And I don't know about any of you, if any of your grandparents had plastic on their furniture, but I remember hot summer days, we'd go running in the house and we'd jump on the couch. And I remember when I'd sit up, when I'd get off the couch, literally like the skin from my legs would peel off and be left on. The, like it hurts so bad when you stand up from the plastic on the couches. And I remember as my grandma began to struggle with her health, we then lived in California. And so my dad, God bless him, he would fly back very often to go stay with his mom and just visit and see her and, and see what she needed and, and all of that. And then my brothers and my mom and I would go back as well. And I remember towards the end of my grandma's life, and we knew she was going to the end, and she was a pretty particular woman up until this point. But I remember, and I'll never forget it, when I spent the night at her house, she told me to take the plastic off her couches. Now, this woman did not take the plastic off her couches for 50 years. She was nearing the end of her life. And I'll never forget when she asked me to take the plastic off the couch and I slept on the couch that night. And you guys, you know what? In that living room, not much living happened in that living room until towards the end of her life when the plastic came off the couches and we can all sit there comfortably. Before then, we visited around the kitchen table. But I just started thinking, some of our places in our lives, you guys, we have plastic on the couches. We have plastic because we don't want to go there. We don't want to touch it. We don't want to soil whatever it is in our life. And it may not even be good things, but we, we don't want to touch it. We don't want to come near to it. And I have found, you know, when we're hurting or when we're feeling stuck or when we want to get to the next level in life, in our personal life or in our business life, you guys, we've got to take off the plastic. We've got to get personal with our lives. We've got to get real. We've got to embrace and live life. We've got to have freedom to breathe and to enjoy what time we have left on this planet. And you guys, it's never too late. I don't care if you're 
in your 70s, 80s, 90s. Like it's not too late for you. And I know some people, I, I talk to people all the time in their 30s, 40s, 50s who feel like it's too late, let alone 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. I mean, my oldest client is in her mid 80s. And I got to tell you, this woman inspires me. She didn't have the easiest of life and she really only started living the last several years. And it's so fun. I mean, I'm telling you, I should be her client. She teaches me so much about life. So here's a few steps. How do we step out of living cold and stuck and daunting lives and step more into the concert, into the fun, into the taking action over our lives, like getting our agency back for our lives. And you guys, some of us have been so victimized and I'm not minimizing what has been done to you, but you guys, the sooner that we can deal with those issues and then learn the lessons that we need to learn from them, deal with them, and then kind of use that suffering almost as like our superpower and step into more of who we are. And yes, these things affected us, but I just, I don't think we were created to live miserable. Now, listen, I know some of us struggle with depression and anxiety and trauma, and I'm, I deal with all those things every single day. And I'm still working through a lot of inner healing from trauma that have happened in my life. And I still lean towards melancholy and even sometimes depression and, and different things. But you guys, I think one of the number one steps and ways to kind of get our agency back and to step in the fullness of life is to admit to ourselves again that life's about progress, not perfection. So many of us are hung up and needing to be perfect. And so many of us are closeted perfectionists. <laughs> I'm totally a perfectionist and I'm more and more embracing the imperfection of life. Brene Brown, who's phenomenal, she talks about the gift of imperfection and remembering and embracing that we don't need to be perfect. And along those same lines, I think one of the next steps is permission to not have it all figured out. So many of us want it all figured out. We want our kids' lives figured out. We want our businesses figured out. We want our futures figured out. We even want our past figured out. We can't even figure out our past because some of the stuff in our history just doesn't make sense. Some of the things are just so painful. And grief, if you're grieving anything at all, it's hard to figure these things out. So we have permission to not have it all figured out. Along those same lines, we have permission to not have to hold it all together all the time. You guys, we don't have to hold ourselves together all the time. We can lose it and it's okay. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to not be okay and to breathe into that and to know that just because you feel like you're not okay, that doesn't mean that God has left you. It doesn't mean you've, you're forsaken. It just means you're suffering. It means that there's a hard thing going on and that's okay. I think one of the next steps is it's okay not to judge ourselves for being ourselves. Let me say that again. It's okay not to judge yourself for being you. So many of us judge ourselves for our imperfections. We judge ourselves for the things that we've done. We judge ourselves for the things that we haven't done. I mean, we just, we're professional judgers. <laughs> Trust me, I know. And it's okay to take a breath and not judge yourself. It's okay to be human. It's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to have flaws. And you guys, it's even okay to laugh at ourselves. In fact, I think when we can get to the point of laughing at ourselves for being ourselves, different things. I mean, you guys all know I talk about it pretty openly about my anxiety and I have different panicky moments and I'm a germ freak at times and, and all of this stuff. I laugh at myself now. I went to lunch with some friends a couple weeks ago and we went to a Mexican restaurant and I literally like blew on my chips because I didn't want everybody to eat my chips. I wanted my own little basket of chips, my own little idiosyncrasy. And the Mexican restaurant was so gracious and gave us all our own baskets of chips. But it's okay 
years ago, I probably wouldn't have even, even eaten chips because I would have been too nervous about the germs, right? But now it's okay just to laugh and say, I want my own basket of chips. I'm advocating for myself. I guess the biggest takeaway that I want to leave you with today is that if you have some dark moments or some painful situations going on in your life, if you could begin to shift your thinking into more of an active, like this is part of my story. This is going to be part of the symphony or the concert that's going to make my life beautiful at the end. You guys, if we can begin to step into that, I think we're going to have so much more freedom and we're definitely going to have more fun in life if we can look at our lives like a concert and not like a sterile museum. And you guys, let me tell you, only you and the Lord knows truly your deepest pains and your deepest sorrows and your deepest longings and your deepest loneliness and all of those things. But you guys, that plays a part in your concert. That plays a part of what makes your beautiful music. And let me tell you, the world needs you. The world needs your concert. The world needs you playing your song. The world needs you. I think as we begin to loosen up a little bit and to get more comfortable and to kind of go with the flow a little bit more with our life and as we deal with our stuff. And you guys, I think that's how joy comes. I think that's how peace comes. I think that's how our even our purpose and meaning on this planet come. It, I don't think we have to have everything all curated and fixed and figured out and everything in order and everything perfect for God to even use us in this life. And he uses it all. He uses the dark notes, the hard notes, the beautiful notes, the high notes. He uses it all. All we have to do is be willing to step in and to lean into it. And you guys, if there's one other thing I can just say to you is your life's not over. Like there is so much more for you on this planet. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you're holding against yourself. I mean, I do care. I care about you. I care how deeply these places hold you. But I just want you to know there's more for you. I love you. I hope this episode encouraged you. This whole concept of living our lives as a concert and not a museum has really, really inspired me. And I hope it inspires you too. Let me say a quick prayer for you. Lord, I thank you that we are not defined by any one thing in our life. God, I thank you that we are not defined by any 10 things in our life, Father. Lord, I thank you for the gift of learning to live our life like a concert and to allow you to be the music maker. God, would you bless my friends? Would you protect them? Would you watch over them, Father, and encourage them this holiday season? In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, my friend. If this episode blessed you, made you laugh, or triggered you, hey, that's growth, please do me a favor and share this with a friend. And if you feel led, please leave a written review for the show. That really helps us out. Don't forget you are in good company if you're feeling more broken than you'd like to admit. And you are more loved than you can ever imagine. Have a great week. See you next time.